You're listening to episode 294 of the Major Issues Podcast. In this episode, we talk about whether or not superhero fatigue is a real thing and get into DC's latest project, Blue Beetle. The Major Issues Podcast starts right now! Hello, everybody out there in comic book land. My name is George Serrano, a.k.a. The Don. And if you're listening to this, you can only be here for one reason. And that's a brand new episode of the Major Issues Podcast brought to you each and most weeks by ComicBookClick.com. And as always, I am never alone, sir. If you could please introduce yourself. Your boy, your man, 50 grand, Cloudus Maximus. Cloudus Maximus is in the building, and you know, uh, it was with Cloudus Maximus that I basically started this journey of comic book click, this journey of wanting to review and talk about the latest and greatest things to come to comic books and comic book media, TV shows, movies, video games, um, you know, uh, one shots, all of it. Uh, the podcast is about seven years old comic book click is seven years old uh it's it's been a hell of a journey it's been a burden of love um and one of the coolest things is even though i moved two years ago to a different state and haven't been able to have people in a studio to record these episodes we actually were able to watch the big subject of today's episode blue beetle together which is something we haven't done since infinity war possibly endgame endgame since he moved what was it since he moved (laughs) endgame right i moved in 2021 2020 we had no films because of the (laughs) because of the pandemic for the most part um and then 2019 would have been endgame or if something came out later on that year possibly a spider-man Maybe uh, No Way Home or Far From Home or Yet Alone. I got to look in pictures. <laughs> yeah, because I was in Florida for Far From Home. So, um, But it, well, yeah, it was cool. I was able to sit there with you and, and watch uh, Blue Beetle. And that was super fun. It kind of took me back to the old days of why I started this to begin with. But before we get into the Blue Beetle of it all, I I I need to get checked. I need I need to go to a doctor of some sort because I am wondering if I am coming down with the disease that people have seemingly came up with overnight. Is it is it that is it what's going around? This was what's going around, bro. It's going around. I'm trying to figure out how'd you get it. I feel a I feel a bit fatigued. Fatigued? You're a little tired. I was gonna ask you. Are you a bit tired? I'm a little tired, and I I'm trying to figure out what i'm tired of because the overall I, I may have i may have some a remedy for that that could be and that could it totally i, I, I do uh, believe I, I, I'm, I'm i have my my mind open because when i started this comic book click um i remember even early on people talking about the quote-unquote superhero bubble and how it was eventually right. going to pop We'd get so saturated that we'd be tired of it. And to me, that didn't make much sense because I basically read comics every day and I don't get tired of it. Um, And I remember even saying kind of cockily, 
cocky. I was cocky when I said it. I said, I remember saying like, there's no way like, you know, that superhero fatigue is a real thing or, or that the comic book bubble is going to burst anytime soon. Mm -hmm. But I have found myself in the last recent theater watches having very little patience for really small things when it comes to comic book movies recently. Um, my personal diagnosis, I'll give you my personal diagnosis and you can go ahead and again, this is me and you talking. I could care less. Right, right. <laughs> like, I'll, just, uh, I'll just search for your symptoms. You know, you, I'll, I'll yeah, yeah, you yeah. tell me where it hurts. You know? Tell me if I have internet connectivity <laughs> problems. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so I still maintain that I don't have superhero fatigue. Mm-hmm. Um, I, what I believe I have is, I'm self-diagnosing here, I have fatigue for origin stories. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was; those are one of the things I was going to mention. One of the things I was going to mention because the film that we're going to talk about, I don't think had anything anything really wrong with it at all. Uh-huh. But I've yet to be. Um, I wasn't impressed. I guess is the word I want to use. Besides, what I feel like is probably the best special effects we've seen in a year, roughly. The best practical mm-hmm. suit that we've seen probably ever, <laughs> possibly yeah, was, ever. That was, yeah, that was cute as hell. I like that. Um, you know, and definitely some moments of heart and humor, which is the things that I look for in this mm-hmm. stuff. Um, but certain things like the Sandman on Netflix, certain things like Across the Spider Verse, everything, everywhere, all at once, which we also got to watch together. I feel mm-hmm. like those are such game changing films that we can't go back. You know what I'm saying? Like it feels right. it feels weird to me to go back to phase to phase one, and DC seems to have been at phase one for like five this whole years. time, yeah. And it's exhausting. It's exhausting. Um, I that's the fatigue that I have because I'm gonna go see the Marvels, and I expect right. to be intent entertained by the Marvels because I know it's not gonna be you know you know, you know a person. Bumping into their superpowers, yeah. yeah. Bumping into their superpowers and 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 all this other kind of stuff. Um, I think I think that's what it is, man. I feel like there's a there's um so but so many ways you can tell a an origin or the beginning of somebody else's story or path when it comes to comic book stuff. That if you're not gonna tell it and you're already gonna introduce that somebody's more really established or some or like even like a bigger name, I feel like you just bypass the whole origin completely. That's that's kind of been that's kind of been proven. Uh, look at Batman, Batman vs Superman. Look at Peter. There's no origin story in the Batman. They never show the 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 crime alley scene. Also, which, that's even, restraint. Yeah, even more itself. so. Even it even drives the point. I feel like people are getting tired of the same of the same thing. But it's like you got to find other. If you're gonna do tell the origin story, I feel like there you need to find different ways to tell it. You know, or at least just. Yeah. Or, or, just like tweaking in ways where it's more interesting you know what i mean totally and the thing is i remember having certain some of these criticisms for black adam when i saw them i remember thinking like the dr fate stuff is cool but we've seen it the hawkman stuff is cool <laughs> but we've seen it it's not your fault that you're late to the gate but maybe it kind of is but i'm not <laughs> but i feel but I, feel, I still feel like i don't think the origin stories are gonna be get you know 
you always have an origin story, but I just we, feel like gonna, we got to. It's 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 yeah. a staple. Like I just comic feel like they're like, gonna slow it down as far. They should slow it down as far as like it depends on on the character. You know, everybody knows Soups is from Krypton. You know, everybody knows what happens to Peter gets bit by the spider. Everybody knows how Cap becomes Cap. You know, but that's another thing. Some people he punched a radioactive these, Hitler and then he got so, superpowers. <laughs> some of these origin stories are, you know. If they haven't been told um by so many times by now, then it's worth it's to be honest, it's worth the watch. You know what I mean? Um, um, mm-hmm. um you get Kamala. Kamala was good to watch. That was fun. Yeah. But that's the thing, like I I equated this film to the this is a very obscure reference if you don't get it but i equated this film to darby allen versus cm punk which is a very mm-hmm. which was a very good match that they had in all elite wrestling but some of the best moments in that match were from a bret hart one two three kid match mm-hmm. and if you've seen the bret hart one two three kid match you might sit there and be like mm. just like i assume like there might be people who were big progress watchers that are like oh this gunther stuff is kind of lightweight compared to what we saw you know Mm-hmm. And Walter was being Walter. And so, like, I, I I hate that my mind does this, but there's several points in which I'm watching the film and I'm like, we've seen that. <laughs> right, right. Of course, that. of course. No, but that's... I, I, that. And I'm like, I don't like this kind of sucks. That's where a lot of us, yeah, that's where a lot of us are at, are at though, because we've been on this ride for how long now, you know? I mean, um, it's and, a, and that's a not while. even And that's not even to, like, single out any any universe any you know dc universe or yeah 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 um and that's that's just going like you in this whole span you've you've seen a lot you know what i'm saying so if you feel like you've seen it way too many times and even even without having to point it out you'll notice you'll notice that you know i feel like and i wanted to ask you this and this is obviously nothing um too personal but you know you're a man with a family you have a lot of responsibilities and because you don't have to do this every week, there are some projects and properties that you kind of let slip. Do you think that has in any way affected your patience with all of this? The fact that you don't kind of have to be and have seen absolutely everything. But, but that's the thing. Like I, 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 I like to, um, I, I like that. So the fact that I miss uh, a few things, um, I don't want to say it angers me so, because <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. you know I want to catch I want to catch as as most as I can. But even with the things I I, I do watch, if something reminds me of of something else, or like if I'm watching if I'm watching if I'm watching if I'm watching Spidey, right? There's yeah. no or there's no origin in Spidey, but you still get you still still get like callbacks or whatever. Um, but it's like, dude, the 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 whole thing is like like. At this point, if you've been watching for so long, like you know, like I said before, you'll notice things, and it's not even like you'll. Know, I, felt, you'll know. I felt like Peter B. Parker. There's always a gizmo or a who's a what's it, and and uh, and uh, yeah, he's gonna say you have 24 hours. You have 24 hours. You know, like that. Yeah, that's how I felt. Standard villain stuff. So you, that's how I felt you, about some of this you stuff. get it. You know what I mean? You you yeah. get it, and it's up to you whether you want to like. Well, it, it, it's up to up to you at that point whether you decide to if you genuinely dig it. But if you don't, then that you you're just not going to be with it because you know you you seen it already. How do you feel about the overall idea of, of superhero fatigue? The idea that people like this might be kind um, of worldwide. I, 
I understand it. I understand. I understand it better. Um. Um. I, I and it's hard to like really want to say the way I want to say it because I don't want to put any. DC has put out some some stuff that hasn't that people haven't received very positive. I feel like I feel like the bad movies attribute to the fatigue way more than anything else. And I, I want to put that. and I want to put and I want to put bad movies, the bad superhero movies, in quotation marks because you know stuff yeah. is subjective and all that jazz. But you you get where I'm coming from. One hundred percent. And you know what else? I've spoken to common people. Most common people don't know the difference between a Marvel and a DC movie. They don't know why Batman and Captain America are not hanging out. They got no clue because <laughs> they don't know that they're two different companies. The the common, you know, like the, the like my mom. Uh huh. You know. If I told her to name so, three DC Comics characters, she's like, what? Like, who's comic characters? And she'll just start naming them. And mm -hmm. th that's the common person. So I also know that my unique, my uh, opinion is a bit unique because I am knee-deep in mm -hmm. this stuff. In the, by choice. Yeah, of course. By choice. But then you start to think, like, I start to, you know, uh, come down with the cough of fatigue. And I, and I start mm -hmm. to go like, oh, well you know, maybe, maybe I'm not sick. Maybe it's not whatever, whatever, whatever. And then I'll see across Spider-Verse and, you know, it, it's, ah. it's the Vicks on my chest and I'm like, <laughs> okay. And then I think I'm fine. And then I get, bump into something else again. And I'm just like, we got to get past this, man. We got to, right. there's so much on the top shelf. Yeah. You guys. And, and ironically, DC can't go to the top. Like they need to play it safe for a bit. They need to just bunt. Right, but I feel yes, like so. also Marvel's been bunting because they've hit so many whole home runs. So I feel like across the board, there's a lot of bunting going around. There's a lot of like, let's just get this ball hit on the, you know, mm -hmm. let's just get to the next base. When it's time to hit, they don't know. <laughs> yeah, 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 and it, it's time to get to the next base. And I, I wonder if that frustration is unearned because I don't want to, um. I don't want to be jaded. I don't want to right. get to a point where I'm just like, oh, you know, comic books. Like I, I do love this stuff, but I also recognize that my love of comic books spans all mm -hmm. kinds of stories. It's not just cape, what they call cape shit. It's not just mm -hmm. superhero mm -hmm. stories. You know, maybe they're mysteries, maybe they're horror. You know, um, maybe they're allegories. Um, there's very interesting stories in comic books that don't aren't based on person a gets their powers and then fights person mm -hmm. b you know fights the bad guy right and i think that there's more that this medium can do but right now it's not it doesn't behoove those in power to look deeper for the real uh -huh. stories so if for now just, all we're gonna get is the capes the, the cape stuff yeah, and you got to put a little bit of that into the other stuff because, like, we talked about Secret Invasion, right? And, like, Secret Invasion is cape stuff, but it's cape, it's, it's the icing of cape stuff. The cake itself is spy thriller. It's, it's, it's about trust, who you can trust. It's about, um, you know, secret agents and sleeper agents and, and whether or not you can trust your neighbor and the differences uh, between you and other cultures. Like, there's so many other different things there. The best comic book movies have superhero icing, but the cake itself is denser. It's something richer. It's something more high concept. Um, 
even Ninja Turtles. I, you know, Mutant Mayhem. Uh, if you haven't seen it, go out and check it out. It's very clear what the theme is in that, but they knock it out of the park. So, like, it, it's super fine, and I don't know why that worked there, but didn't work here for me. Um, but I will also say that I had somebody who really, really liked this film, which <laughs> whenever somebody comes up to me and tells me that they really, really like something, I look at the film a little bit out of the corner of my eye because I'm expecting a level of, of, of something. Mm-hmm. Um, and that this film didn't hit that for me. It might hit that for other people, and I don't want to not be invited really to the party. Really- yeah. Because I, <laughs> you, know what, you know what I'm saying? Um, but it's like you said, things are subjective. You don't have to like everything. You don't have to dislike everything. Um, you should go where your heart is being filled. You know, so I will be waiting for Beyond the Spider-Verse. I will be waiting for the Sandman season two. I will be waiting for Mooney. Come back, Mooney. I feel like <laughs> I feel like ain't nothing see me like I seen that show. And that's what I'm saying. When we're sitting there with that, you know, like that felt so high concept. And we didn't do we didn't start it with origin story. Mm-hmm. We didn't start it with and then he, you know, kneeled in front of the statue, and then he became Moon Knight, and then he, woo, what are these weak, what, wacky powers? He was like, already wigging out, going outside, rooted up, right? <laughs> yes, the universe all felt lived in. It didn't feel like it had to be built building by building. And DC has to build it building by building because they haven't built nothing in ten years or whatever they have built. They've gone. Listen, they've been they've been trying really hard. Okay. Yeah, I know. I'm just being. I know. I'm just being super mean to. <laughs> I blame you, Dwayne Johnson. To be honest, I blame you. <laughs> um, but yeah, I still will say that I liked Blue Beetle, and I would recommend it to those who haven't seen it. Um, but I've got to turn a corner here, and I've got to. Mm-hmm. I've got to. It, this sounds terrible, but lower my expectations. A bit for mm-hmm. for certain projects, and then higher my expectations. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. Don't feel bad. <laughs> um, Don't feel bad. You know, you know I, like there there is a lot of comic book stuff gotten wrong just on the pure strength of not understanding what you're covering. I think of Titans on DC's Titans. Could you believe that there's a there's a live action version of the Titans that you're not going crazy over? Like you're not That's like crazy. I gotta see the next I've always, episode. I've of always said these that. Boys you've start trying, fire, you've been trying to get me to watch Titans for. A, but then a, I jumped off of season three. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like after <laughs> all, yeah, yeah. So it's like it it, it it's tiresome, and then Flash ending, Arrow ending. We're just gonna erase First those from the, the face flash, of the earth. The Flash, Flash died a slow death. That's not. It died a slow death, and then it didn't even get like a in memoriam in the Flash movie. It didn't even get like a dedication in the Flash movie. So yeah, it's 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 a lot. Um, I hope to cover more books on here soon, as production starts to slow down because of the writer strike and right. stuff. And hey, I got maybe... um, I have um, Samurai Deadpool at the wing. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start. I should start that soon, actually. Yeah, I've been, and I, the thing is, like, I start some books, like, I started the new Nightwing book, which is really, really cool, um, uh, Tom Taylor, um, and I've read some, uh, not one-shots, but, um, what you would call, like, indie comics that, that have a definitive end, and those are really, really cool, um, gotta, I just gotta find 
my story again because uh, I feel like I've lost it in the mix of all this kind of stuff. And um, it's funny because when I saw The Flash, I didn't hate The Flash because I, I reserved all that hate for Black Adam. <laughs> so by the time I got to The Flash, I really had no hate left over. And I was just like, you know what? Graphics aside, main character aside, this tone is what they need to go forward. I feel very similarly with Blue Beetle. And obviously you can't color everybody in this with the same brush. You know, I don't want right, Batman right, right. necessarily have the Blue Beetle kind of humor in it. Um, but yeah, I, I, I like this. Maybe I would have been more juiced if like he was coming into uh, an established universe where we still had Diana, where I know who Batman is. Right. Where I know, oh, yeah, he, he did where I know Batman. who Superman he is, where suits. gosh. That's where it gets. That's where it got weird for me. We didn't drop suits. I'm like, yeah, but which Superman? <laughs> you know, which Superman? Um, is there anything else you'd like to say on the superhero fatigue of it all? Any recommendations? I any? I just get it, you know. And if and if you um and people are um really getting if it's getting under the skin, I just go back to something. I just go back to watching something that you know. I've already yeah. watched it and that'll you know bring it back to life. I will also say that the fatigue, you know, for whatever reason, for like but I say for whatever, whatever reason, people have various reasons. But perhaps this will cause studios to step their game up and not believe that oh, anything with a superhero so. title on it is just going to do well and make money. Um but studios rarely learn the real lesson, <laughs> so we'll see how all that how all that goes. But if you got the fatigue, I believe it. I believe it's real. I say think of the projects, uh, uh, film, TV that you were most excited for, and possibly venture into reading comics. I think that comics is an unlimited source of the joy you feel when you watch a good comic book adaptation. Um, without all the middleman. And it's also comic reading is also a very personal experience because you read at your at your pace, you read at, you you hear the voices in your head and no one else can hear them. Whatever voices you give these characters, et cetera, and so forth. So I always thought that it's a pretty cool experience to just sit down with a really big book and and kind of get through it. Um, but it, yeah, uh, the future of comics is going to be fine. We'll see what they start to green light. Still excited for James Gunn's DC. DCU. There's no more EU. It's just a DCU. Um, and this is supposed to be the first step, although it wasn't supposed to be. We got Aquaman after this, bro. I was just about to say, what's after this? Aquaman. All right. I mean, listen, we we took a step in the right direction, almost. Right. So yeah. let's let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Um, is there anything you want to say, spoiler free, about Blue Beetle before we get into? All of it. Uh, lots of heart. But there's a difference when you just throw throw that, throw a bunch of heart in and have nothing behind it. This this has both. Yeah, it didn't feel fake or yeah, the, the heart the heart is good is great and the follow through is, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um and it speaks to a very unique uh culture. It speaks to a very unique perspective, point of view. I think those who've lived that life this is going to be everything they wanted more similar to how a cross was to me being a Puerto Rican in Brooklyn like that. Right. When, 
when I saw that, I was like, that's such a unique lived experience. I didn't think so because when you live in the city, everyone around you lives in the city. Mm-hmm. But if you go anywhere else, New York is should New York City should be its own island. Basically, it should be its own. <laughs> it got its own language. It got its own food. It's got its own people. Um, and there hasn't really been much, you know, geared towards them when it comes to comic book stuff like New York City, that kind of culture. So when I see like Luke Cage, when I see um, uh, Into the Spider Verse, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles recently, you're talking about bacon, egg, and cheese, and urine, and all that kind of stuff. Um, <laughs> I'm like, okay, I feel seen. So I hope people get that from this as well. I hope um, mm-hmm. my Latinos, mi gente, get to see this and, and uh, be proud of it. Um, and I hope when it, you know what thought crossed my mind today? And I don't know if this is like a backhanded compliment. I think this would have been a five star HBO Max film. Ooh. I think this would have been like rave, like rave reviews, all that, you know? But I mean, at least it's, it's making money too, though. So. Oh, 100%. And it was, it That's was great. geared to get, make, make under. I guess, and it's going to have a rough time only because they can't promote it, given the writer's mm-hmm. strike. Of course, None of the yeah. actors are allowed to do the Jimmy Kimmels and the Jimmy Fallons and 18, all the other Jimmys uh, and, and sit there, you know, do the hot ones, all the, all the random shit. Mm-hmm. You got to do once your movie's coming out. I looked at myself on IMDb and I've got to talk about all my roles or whatever. Like, they, they can't do any of that stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I hope uh, people like it. I recommend it. Um, and if you really liked it, uh, listen through and Jarvis is going to talk about a lot of good things. And I'm going to talk about some moments that I just, just <laughs> moments that made me think of other things. I, right. I, cause again, I don't think there's much bad with this film, right, uh, right. but blue beetle is a 2023 American superhero film based on the DC comic character, Jaime Reyes, blue beetle produced by DC studios and the Safran company. Uh, the film was directed by. Angel Manuel Soto and written by Gareth Dunnett Alcocare. It is the 14th installment in the DC Extended Universe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The film stars Zolo Maradueña as Maradueña. Uh, as Jaime Reyes, Blue Beetle, alongside Adriana Barraza, Damien Alcazar, Elpidia Carillo. Bruno, there you go, there you go, there you go. <laughs> Raul Max through he through Julio, Julio. through he George Lopez and Susan Sorandan. You like that one? The last one? We are here. All right. So, uh, spoilers, 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 spoilers. We talk about the film. Our film starts off with the introduction of, of our villain, Victoria Cord, co-founder of Cord Industries, as her and her crew discover a huge artifact in the Antarctic. She believes it holds what she has been searching for for 15 years, an entity known as the Scarab. She commands her people to work round clock to crack open the artifact and retrieve the ancient alien tech inside. Working for her is a mysterious scarred man with robotic prosthetics. Boom, boom, boom. So we get introduced earlier on to uh, Susan Sarandon's Victoria Cord, which, you know, I recognize the name. I know Ted Cord is the original Blue Beetle. Well, not the original Blue Beetle. Dan Garrett's the original Blue Beetle. But the Blue Beetle most know, you know, the 60s, 70s, Charlton Comics, Booster Gold and Blue Beetle uh, is Ted Cord. So I had heard early on that Victoria Cord was a villain in this. And I was like, that doesn't seem to make much. It's like his wife, his angry wife. <laughs> like, what's, a, what's going on here? But no, it's a, it's an angry sister. 
it's an angry sister uh, who um, didn't get her respect from her father. Um, th through our opening credits, we see how the Skyrim might have crashed land on Earth hundreds of years ago and how its legend has grown from cave paintings depicting the Scarab to news headlines about the search and discovery for it. Whatever the Scarab has, people have been spending a lot of time and money looking for it. So what do like, you think about this beginning? I like the I like the trip that we went on with the Scarab going getting to Earth. That was fun. Did, yeah. did that thing bump? Did that thing bump into? Well, it bumped. It blew into, up a planet. Bumped, <laughs> yeah, it blew up a planet. One, it bumped into a couple of things. An asteroid went through a planet. I want to say for cheap pop, um, it bumped. It bumped into a ring. But that could have been me just seeing, probably just seeing things. I saw some. I, I believe it was something green. I saw, but I don't know. I guess it's up to interpretation, and I heard, and I haven't heard nobody else mention that either. So I'm probably just seeing things because you know. I'm in space. No, I think that's pretty. I think that's pretty interesting. Also, this is the part where I was like, "Oh, we might be in trouble," because I remember, like, it gave me the opener gave me Incredible Hulk flashbacks. Uh -huh. Of the newspapers and the and the specs for the truck uh -huh. that's gonna do the things and stuff, but I was like, let's. I was like, eh, it is what it is. We get a shot of Palmera City, the hometown of our protagonist Jaime Reyes, who has just graduated from Gotham Law Academy, pre-law in Gotham. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know. I would not go to school in Gotham, bro. I go to school in Metropolis. You feel me? So that don't <laughs> down. I got somebody that can save me, not somebody who only comes out at night. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Shit. Um, his family eagerly awaits his arrival at the airport, but seems to be hiding something. Dum dum dum. We meet his parents, his abuela, his surly sister, and his tech-wise conspiracy theorist uncle Rudy. Later, after tacos, Jaime's parents come clean about their financial troubles. They are set to be evicted in a few months, and after the father had a heart attack, they were unable to maintain the family business. Jaime expresses regret for not being around to help, but they try to ease his mind, explaining there's nothing that they can do, and they should just be celebrating the fact that he's graduated from college. Jaime and his sister share beers and have a deep discussion on the roof of their family home. He confesses that he feels it was his job to get them out of the hood, and he's disappointed in himself. His sister reminds him that things like the class system and gentrification aren't his fault, but Jaime swears in five years, with his degree, he will have saved his family from their current struggles. Animo. Right? How, how did you feel about um, the introduction of Jaime's family? Um, I'm obviously, well, not obviously, but, you know, I'm a big fan of his woke uncle. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what's funny? Um, what I liked about his uncle is that he... He says so much that he makes sense on occasion. So it makes you wonder how smart he is or how brainwashed he is. He's either one or the other, right? Because <laughs> the doomsday guy, the doomsday prepper, the guy that has all the dry food in his house, all the uh -huh, tang, uh -huh. the, the, the steel door and all that kind of stuff, he's crazy until doomsday happens. And then he's, you know, he's, he's a superhero. And very similar, Uncle Rudy sounds crazy. He's talking about like scanners and all the police, and that's how the man's gonna try to track you. But later on, he he helps out with some anti-surveillance tech. So uh, I think I like how they played him not a hundred percent, just some random tech genius. And um, 
not a hundred percent, you know, just kind of Jerry rigging stuff. And I think we all kind of got a Jerry rigging uncle, an uncle who can make do, make some stuff if he really had to get past. So I really like uh, the situation there. But again, they're sitting there, sitting on the rooftop, and I'm just thinking of Kamala. Thinking of Kamala. Yeah, come on. Yes, then. I'm thinking of Kamala. Sitting there. But and that's you what know, I was saying. But that's what I was she, saying earlier. She goes, she goes, you know, come on, man. We're from the, the Edge Keys. You already know whatever, whatever. And I'm like, yeah, man. A brown girl ain't from Jersey ain't supposed Jersey. to. <laughs> yada, 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 yada. And I was like. Animal. I, I like their I like their appeal. I mean their uh rapport. I like mm-hmm. I like uh them. I guess now's the time to say that I don't know if I'm a hundred percent a fan of the actor who plays Jaime. Oh interesting. I feel as if he overacted, but I feel he overacted because this is his first film. This is very, oh. very first film. Yeah, oh he's, he's two for two for those right now, then. Wow. He's okay. known he's he's known for um Cobra Kai. That's his biggest role is Cobra Kai, um, and the the guy's got talent. But during some of like the angst and certain other things, there was a, there was a little heavy handed. And I'm just like, get, get past it. I I don't think they did enough in this film to show me who Jaime is. I feel like I learned about Jaime through other people and through mm-hmm. his response to situations. But oh, you feel like I don't think I don't know, know much got, about him. You don't know. You don't know what he got. I don't know what his stilo is. You know what I'm saying? I don't right, know what, right. what he what he's trying to do. I don't know what kind of music he listens to. I, again, not to not to be that guy, but like I knew that about Miles. I knew what kind of kicks he liked. I knew no, what kind they of music. Show him, they show him. They show him listening to some stuff. No, they play music while he's looking at his phone. That song you were bumping to, right? Uh, but he's not listening to it. He's looking at his phone. He's not. No, he's looking oh, at yeah, the right. Jenny. I think you're right. Yeah, and yeah, then he goes yeah. to go talk to his father because we're about to get to that scene. Um, you know what I'm saying? So he like he doesn't say who his favorite artist is. He doesn't like mm-hmm. uh we don't know if he likes superheroes. He just mentions Superman off off the rip. There's no pop culture references. That's all the family. They're the ones throwing the Maria de la de Barrio yeah. out, which I was pretty cool. That's that's a deep cut in my house. So that was a deep cut. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, we'll get there. Uh, we'll get there. But I just come on. I, the kid got something. He's got something. Yeah, he definitely does, bro. But you just you, out, you want to see it. You, and if anything, you want to see more. Uh, I want to see more Zolo in here in 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 Jaime because mm-hmm. I feel like yeah, some people you feel. Are playing the character, and some people you feel are the character. I feel like know? I feel like he's I feel like he's getting there because I I was every time he suited up, I was kind of watching him very carefully. I think he's got it, bro. You know, and more importantly, I feel yeah. like he's having a, he's also having a good time with it too. And the second time yeah. around, I feel like he'll be he'll be more in his in his own joint, you know. And also, like we said again, as his first movie, I couldn't do this with my first movie. I couldn't get nowhere nowhere close. Um. I, so yeah, I can't give him any sort of advice or anything like that. I just thought I just it, I just noticed, but again, some of these MCU actors had t- 
10 years of acting before they started any of this kind of stuff. Even Tom Holland had a good five before Spider-Man. And then he got to practice Spider-Man in Civil War before having to do the entire film by himself. It's a lot. Um, so we smash cut to a bit of a time jump and see that Jaime's sister has gotten him a job as uh, doing maintenance for Victoria Cord alongside her, right? Mm-hmm. So, I don't know if you've seen Shang-Chi, <laughs> but there's a scene mm-hmm. in Shang-Chi where he looks to be whipping it in a very expensive car. Right, and, he, and he's dressed not. Dressed to the nines. He's doing, va- doing ballet. <laughs> it's revealed that he's doing ballet. You understand what I'm saying? So, I'm, yeah. just, I'm, just, I'm just there. I'm just like, I get it. It's funny. Right. It was funny the first time. You know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, uh, so speaking of Miss Cord. She gets a surprising visit from her niece, Ted Cord's daughter, Jennifer. Jennifer's not a character. Right. I'm saying that. I'm saying that right now. She's a love interest in this. I think that mm-hmm. that's the only reason why they really got her. Right. And um very pretty. Thought the actress was very talented. Um but feels like a like a hodgepodge kind of situation of like this is going to sound really weird this might get the mm-hmm. podcast kicked off the air um she's almost too pretty for her mm-hmm. job uh-huh. at one point she fully becomes like tomb raider like she's in a, in a wife beater uh-huh. <laughs> with guns uh-huh. and stuff strapped to her and I'm like, She's are you about this life or are you bro. not about this life? You know, like what what life are you about? But we don't get much to explain her besides what Victoria says, and later on she gets to talk more. But mm-hmm. like these are my leads. You know, like it's guy number one, which I don't feel like I really know, and then girl number one who guy number one likes. And that's that's what I got. So I ended up finding a lot of more enjoyment in like rooting for Rudy. Like Rudy, Rudy kind of yeah. was my guy. Was my guy throughout this. Um, Jennifer is there to confront Victoria about using her father's company to uh, sell weapons to the government. Um, and uh, we see, like, she literally pulls up a video presentation of Victoria's plan to use the Scarab tech to create super soldiers, or as she calls them, her one-man army corps, or OMAC. Stiffy, because Omac is a thing in the comics. He was there was a character called the One Man Army Corps, but in the comics, it's like a hive mind, a, a computer hive mind that um, can be implanted in you, and then nanotech just covers your entire body, making everyone Omac. And um, it was connected to Brother Eye, which was a worldwide surveillance satellite mm-hmm. that Batman had. And someone ended up corrupting it and using it to activate the OMAX. It was a it was a whole thing. So when I heard OMAX, I was like, because <gasps> it was a whole thing there. That video presentation is the yellow jacket presentation, right? Like, <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Like, am I? I feel like I'm not digging hard. No, like, but that's just, what I'm saying. I I I get it because I'm like, in certain parts of my like, damn, this is gonna remind. This is gonna remind people of this. This is gonna remind people of that. But I, that's I find myself like saying that as I'm going along with the movie. But um, yeah, I'm just I'm just I'm glad I'm it never so took much, you out of it. 
Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I was gonna get to that. It never took me out of it, but it's like I couldn't help but notice. So when yeah. I when I when I get the fatigue talk, I'm like, I get it. You know? Yeah. Also that's why I'm I'm I also say if you can find ways to switch it up to make it unique, fine. That's why I'm a that's why I'm a huge fan of a workaround, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I know you can't tell these these stories, these origins forever. I knew that from Jump Street. I'm like, it's everybody. And you can't go A, B, C, right? Like you were just saying. Sometimes you gotta go B, C, A, B, B, A, C. You gotta change up the uh the dynamic a little bit. Um, but yeah, I'm watching that. I'm just like, this, this is like the yellow jacket, the future of, <laughs> you know, military, whatever it's like, um, and again, both these people, both Darren Cross and Victoria Cord, uh, want to sell these to the government, but don't have the tech for it. The tech is with their arch enemy and they've got to get that tech in order to make the super soldier program and, uh, go. So I was like, okay. Um, Victoria tells her niece that this innovation is the future of court industries and that she should be happy. But Jen maintains her father would never have wanted that. So Victoria's like, well, your dad abandoned the company and your dad abandoned you. <laughs> so I'm doing um, whatever I want. Victoria begins to threaten Jennifer and then Jaime steps out and defends her. Which I don't think like he would have done. Like a, like a sir. I don't think he would have done if she wasn't a pretty young woman. Hold on. To be fair, to be fair, her sister, his sister was taking a dump, and he was being the lookout, and he overheard the argument. But in 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 what instance in the world do you interrupt that conversation? Bro, we're we're Spanish. We're nosy sometimes. <laughs> that was too nosy, bro. I'm sitting there like, you just. You don't know these people. Maybe they Dam talk to each other this a way. Maybe in distress. How you know she? You don't even know the whole story. How you know, know she in distress? He, he literally would hear it. She says you should back up. She says you should back up, and then she says like, "And what if I don't?" And then Jaime goes, "Hey, she she said you should back up." <laughs> what are you? What are you? What are you doing? He's trying to defuse the situation, bro. It ain't has to defuse. He works there. It ain't has to defuse. Hi, man. I'm sorry. I'm teaching you a lesson, bro. Stay out of it. Because it ain't, you know, it ain't yours. But it does set him on the on this path. It does set him on this hero's journey. Which is why it's a little bit like him getting pushed in that direction as opposed to him being like, I've always been a good guy. Now I want to use these powers to be a good guy. Right now in this mm -hmm. story, it's kind of um, the small... He's not trying to save the world. He's trying to save his world in this story. Mm -hmm. He's trying to save his family. I would like to see what motivation he has after this to just, like, save cats from trees and shit. Because I don't think we're <laughs> there yet. You get what I'm saying? Like, he's going to feel the great power, great responsibility directly after this. Um, and I want to see what that what that deals with. Because it's, it's always crazy when it's you and the villain third act, everything's on fire. But I, I kind of want to see him chill into the into the into the role you know and I, I, it'd be super cool to see that um hoping to make it up to him jennifer tells jaime to meet her at her job and she would do her best to get him a new one which she doesn't but we'll talk about that <laughs> <laughs> her sister um 
her sister jokes that his sister jokes that Jen will fall in love with her brother and save her from poverty, like Maria Alder Barrio, a very famous Spanish soap opera. That night, Jaime contemplates calling Jen for the job offer, but gets nervous. He notices his dad is outdoors having a drink by himself, so he goes over to him. His father explains, no matter what they go through on this journey, it's important to go through it together because even though bad times don't last, family is forever. He tells his son that everyone has a place in this world and he will find his one day. Um, I've had many an older male relative just sit with a cup and a bottle sometimes. Mm-hmm. I get and just it. dropping <laughs> gems of knowledge on you, bro. You know? I get it. I'm almost surprised he didn't start crying because that's usually what happens. I mean, mijo, come over here, you know. Um, but you know that the father has to have the weight of all that's going on on his shoulders here in this moment. And the fact that he's taking out this moment. I love the fact that he's taking out this moment to be vulnerable by himself. But I also love that he doesn't hide it when his son comes around. Because mm-hmm. he has a choice there, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, no, I'm fine. Let's both go inside. Mm-hmm. You know? But instead, he sits there and he's don't, like, don't tell you my starts. <laughs> yeah, don't tell, don't tell the shit. Yeah, take another shot. <laughs> Um, but I love that they, he does sit there and try to talk to him about, about stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, when you're gone, I didn't do college, but I went to the military. When you come back after that amount of time and everything's kind of changed, you do kind of feel like you're at fault because you're so in your bubble of your world trying to accomplish what you're trying to accomplish that when you end up coming back, it's not easy to just integrate yourself back in. Things change. People change. Attitudes change. Relationships change. It's it's a lot. So, um I totally get Jaime putting this on his shoulders. He's 22 in this. Or, you know, the character is. So um, there's a lot. There's a lot on his plate. And I I am huge on family transparency. So I like that they didn't wait forever to tell him about the eviction. I like yeah, that they, they when he came out. He came back, yeah. Yeah, I like that when he, um, when, like, when, he came, when he came out now and was like, are you okay? Whatever. Like they, they, they spoke on it. The next morning, Jaime puts on his best suit and goes to Court Industries, where he is immediately mistaken for the delivery guy. No matter how hard he tries to explain that he's there to meet Jennifer Cord, the receptionist keeps blowing him off. Meanwhile, Jennifer sneaks into one of the labs working on Victoria's OMAC project, and she finds and steals the scarab. Not knowing where to put it, she places the alien artifact in a burger box and walks away. Oh, sorry, walks out. Jaime sees her walking briskly, so he catches up to her, hoping she can verify him to her staff. But she gives him um, the burger box and makes him promise to guard it with his life and never open it. Alarms ring throughout the building as it is discovered that the scarab is missing, but Jaime and Jennifer part ways. Reyes takes the box home and his family demands he open it. Troublemakers, bro. They're chanting open it. (laughs) <laughs> they're, ch- they're chanting open it that was his one directive <laughs> and like, like, that, screw it. House. <laughs> I, I, that that did feel very funny and that did feel very communal um i thought that i thought that was really really cool uh but yeah they they they're immediately like open it open it open it so he does and he sees the scarab and it doesn't take long for it to latch itself onto him. Suddenly, the alien begins violently fusing with our hero and coats him in an armored skin that burns his clothes right off. His family rightfully freaks the hell out. And all of a sudden, Jaime can hear a voice, the scarab, talking to him. 
The entity activates its blasters and he flies through the roof and goes so far in the air that he briefly leaves the Earth's atmosphere. Still not understanding what's going on, he plummets back to Earth and almost dies before his suit fashions some wings to help him. After a few more hijinks, including landing on a parked car and cutting a bus in half, Doctor Strange, uh, and and there was a bus thing in uh, Xiang Shangji as well. Um, uh, Jaime realizes that he needs to get rid of this thing, and the, only Jennifer uh, would know how because she kind of gave it to him. She he returns home, and his mom wants to call the cops, but Uncle Rudy protests, saying that if the government knew that their tech was inside Jaime, they might hurt him to get it back. Plus, alerting the authorities could tip them off to their illegal immigrant status. Jaime says they he won't, won't leave the house. <laughs> Jaime says he won't leave the house, but he steals Rudy's truck to go see if Jenny is in trouble. What do you think about this whole uh, transformation scene? And then the hijinks. I thought that was fire. I, thought yeah. that was fire. I mean, that was uh, come on. Hijinks wasn't getting me, but you know, the hijinks is necessary. Um, but man, suit up was cool, man. I really, I really, really dig the suit. Um, you know how they do version two suits and stuff. So I'm really interested in how the version two is going to look. Um, probably more sharper, but this is fire. I didn't think it was going to look so so well. It's actually very pleasing. I liked the horror element that they took to for the transformation. You know, mm, yeah, I like I, that it, that's I like. I like that you said that. I'm glad that you said that. I, I really, really like that too. Because like, it, it can't be getting powers ain't going to be pretty all the time. <laughs> yeah, and um, the way that they talk about this symbiotic relationship and how it like wraps around your brain and every part of you, mm -hmm. it should feel more like guttural like that. Um, I like that. Like I, I refer to it as nanites cause I don't know what it is cause it's alien tech, but that the, the nanites, the small bits of computer tech or whatever look like goo. This is like black goo right. covering his yeah, entire cool. face going in his mouth and ultimately just making the mask and making the stuff like making his clothes. Um, I like that. I like the HUD display that we see. Um, I like how that looks. That looks too. It's very odd. At one point, he looks in the mirror, and not in the mirror. He looks at, at the wall. At the no, wall. but he looks at the wall, and it's a picture of the Virgin Mary, and the reflection reflects back to him. Blue Beetle's face with the Virgin Mary's. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Blue Beetle. <laughs> so I was in there like, oh, that's pretty interesting. Um. What did you think about Rudy's insistence that if the scarab is inside of him, it went up his butt? It was he was very adamant about it going up his butt. We <laughs> it went up his where, <laughs> we, we, we don't see where the scarab crawled up, but we do see it on his back though. Well, it was like running around his face for a while and then it went to his well, shirt yeah, and then it disappeared. It went under his yeah. shirt and then I guess under him. What do you think about that? That's fine. Thing. I was just about to say, but I don't know about the spine thing. The spine thing, I don't know. That's if they really gonna um rock with that, then I feel like you know by the because by the by the time the second movie is coming around, which I hope they do get a second one. Um, you got to think the the scarab and hyena are cool, right? You think you, she gonna smooth yeah. that out? <laughs> it speaks Spanish at the end of this, so I think that's that's the yeah, moment it does, where it's it like does. where it's like okay. But that's what I'm saying. Like I'm, so now I'm back on board. I'm back on board. Mm -hmm. You know, whatever. And then he drives to go to see Jennifer and gets there exactly when she's running around cars trying to sneak because armed men are trying. I thought to that was cool. I thought, um, in the street. I was, you know, what's funny about that. I was. Um, there are very few 
times that I go um in movies that I go, oh, that's a freaking coincidence. I genuinely mm-hmm. felt that was coincidence. I thought that was cool. I like that setup. I don't see that. Because he goes to her, and, and by the time he gets to her, um, it's already going down. <laughs> because you yeah. think he's going to go to, he's going to get to her first, chop it up, and then it's going to go down. You know? Yeah. Or at least I was, or at least I was thinking that way, you know. And he gets there, and he's already, it's already going down. He has to get her in, into, into um his uncle's truck, and they shoot up his uncle's truck. So I Poor thought that thing. was really cool. That was actual. That was coincidentally a coincidence that I was fond of. <laughs> that was a coincidence. <laughs> you were cool with. I um. No, I was saying you have to speak in those moments because you are the voice of the voices currently. Because I am, you know how I feel about indeed, indeed, indeed. parts of this. But I'm, not again, gonna, I'm not gonna. No beef. I'm not gonna no argue, beef and no thing either. Argue with you because you know I'm. I, I, I understand. <laughs> and and similarly, I think that your points are valid as well. I think that everything that you're saying is 100% valid. Um, if only the world can, can uh, <laughs> come together like that, right? Um, yeah, so I'm like, okay, oh, she's getting gunned down. Uh, she jumps into the truck and the men pursue them and begin to fire at them. He brings her to his house and explains that the scarab has bonded to him. Uh, she tells Jaime that the scarab is a sentient weapon and that it has willingly chose Jaime to be its host. If they want more answers, she knows where they can get them, but they need the key, and that is at the heavily guarded court industries. Rudy shows that he knows a thing or two about disrupting surveillance and agrees to help. At a banquet, Victoria is informed that Jennifer got away, but Mr. Carapax, the mysterious and scarred man who never leaves her side, uh, you know, he's the one who informs her. Court demands that he find Jenny because she cannot unveil her OMAC project without the Scarab. It's also hinted that Carapax has paid a physical toll in the pursuit of this technology. What do you think about that, dude? What do you think about Carapax? Uh, I'm not a you know, cliche, follow the boss around, protect the, ball, protect the bad boss. I'm a big henchman. You know, um, I like him. He was very, um, he was very intimidating. Did you ever think that there was more? Like, because throughout this, I feel like they're kind of, you know, putting down breadcrumbs to show that he's more than what he seems. Yeah, that he that they want to also show him that he's just a man. I'm just a man. Uh, um, but did you get the, like? Did you were you curious at all about what 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 was going on? With I kind of was, but because of you know the cliche, the cliche ball, protect the boss, protect the bad guy, you know. Uh, yeah. I really didn't think we were. I really didn't think we were gonna get that. So when they um, when they um, when they eventually captured um Hyman, you know, and he has that little pep talk with him, I didn't think. I thought that was it. I'm like, all right, he's just gonna keep fighting. And that's just something. Right, <laughs> that's funny. That's funny. Uh, so. Uncle Rudy shows off his anti-surveillance tech and uses it to play El Champolin on all the security screens, which allows them to get into the building. Were you happy about that deep cut? Because that's and like the deepest. The first cut is the deepest. In- indeed, indeed. Everybody has that. Everybody has the. Fr- well, in, in the Spanish family, everybody has that. And you know, that one person in the family that that watches their novelas, their stories. Yeah. <laughs> I also dug. Um, you know, because he's a superhero. So also dug that they at least stuck to the yeah. uh, superhero um, motif. 
But yeah, he plays at El Trampoline. Um, they retrieve a watch that Jenny says is the key, but security calls in Carapax for backup. When he arrives, he confronts Jaime and Jenny, and Jaime suit activates by instinct. I thought that was pretty cool. Like he went for a punch, and the suit was mm-hmm. like, "Yeah, nah." And he caught it. Nah, yeah, I got a job. Say, you see the rest of them suit up. That was cool. Yeah. Um, that was the that Carapac- was the first fight scene of the movie, right? Yeah. Because he hasn't really done anything yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but Carapax kind of fashions himself a suit as well. But the tech seems unfinished. Like, even as it's coming on him, it's like sputtering and sparking. Yeah, sputtering. <laughs> like, you see that, right? I'm yeah, like, I this is that. not, this is not going to work, bro. It reminds me of um, this when, is not uh, safe. <laughs> remember when um, John Walker had that shitty shield that broke when he threw it? <laughs> that's exactly what that reminded me of i was like oh no oh no um all right so the two duke it out and the scarab attempts lethal measures but Jaime says no weapons carapac is relentless how bent on getting his hands on the scarab so Jaime lets the alien entity take control over the suit and kick his butt. Once Carapax is down, the Scarab creates blades to neutralize him, but Jaime is against killing and calls it off. The distraction allows Carapax to get the upper hand and almost kill Jaime, but Uncle Rudy and Jenny show up in the truck and help take Carapax down. They drive off as soon as they can, and Jaime reveals the Scarab's name to be Kajita, uh, saying the info just popped into his head. Got a fight scene here. What do you think about Jaime not wanting to use deadly measures? I feel like this is this would be the time to do that. First of all, <laughs> first, first of all, I'm, I go, I the voice of yes of the, um, of the Beatle. Yes, but no, no, and then and then I'm I'm listening to to music in the house, and then I go, oh, that's Becky G. <laughs> Yes, it is Becky G. And then, I went to, uh, I, then I went to go look, and then I went to go look it up, and then I saw I just saw his I just saw her picture. Isn't that great? That's cool. So she'll be she'll, she'll also definitely be back. <laughs> she'll definitely be back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, completely dug her. Uh, did, 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 did. Yeah, I li- I liked that the suit was like just let me handle this, and then when, as soon as it gets control, it just whoops. Carapax's ass, like there's not even wild, yeah, wilds out. <laughs> yeah, it just whoops but his ass, and then remember, uh, Jaime had to keep telling him, telling her not to kill him. Don't kill this man. <laughs> yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like I, I feel like if there's any man to kill, <laughs> like this guy, <laughs> just he's like, he's like fully shooting machine gun fire in the street. He it's almost shoots a girl. Is is ill intended. It hurt. Yes, Does that makes yes. sense. Uh-huh. A bit, a bit, but I also say, like, I mean, I guess it's a slippery slope, right? You can't just kill everybody, and I'm not, I'm not advocating for that, but I just feel like, for self-preservation reasons, when a man <laughs> has a shield <laughs> yeah. at you, I think you can like stab him in the leg. A, it is allowed. That makes him not walk. Yeah, frown, yeah, yeah. cut off an arm, <laughs> cut off an arm or something, something that he's gonna remember and be like, yeah, I should probably not pursue them. Just want to go to the hospital. <laughs> you know? With the key in hand, they head to the secret headquarters of Ted Cord, Jennifer's dad, who was also the superhero, blah, 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 the Blue Beetle, which causes Rudy to mark out a little bit. 
they dig through Ted's old files because he was obsessed with the Scarab, hoping to find a way that they can separate Jaime from the alien artifact. But it turns out they can't do so without killing him as it is wrapped around his brain. Jaime flips out over the news that he is stuck with this thing and storms out. So Rudy goes to give him a pep talk. And I'm like, we just gave you a pep talk, bro. We gave you a pep talk earlier <laughs> <laughs> in the movie. And also they do that scene of like, you should wash up. I'm, I'll go help you get clothes. And I'm like, come on. The only thing I like in the scene prior to this of Jennifer and Jaime talking is mm -hmm. she says something along like, my my family's house was always filled with stuff. Your family's yeah. house is filled with love. That was that little that little two minutes right there was tight as hell. That I that really, line really I was that. like that, that was, was that really was well written. Yeah, yeah that, that, that was, was really heavy. well written and that was really really well said. Um, so again, you know, I I will give this uh, film its due. Um, Uncle Rudy tries to explain that their family has have always sacrificed and done the right thing even through hardships. He tells Jaime about how hard his father worked to get to America and keep the family together because that's what they do. Suddenly, they see one of Victoria's uh, like ships or helicopters or drones. I can't ever remember what, which one. I think they're, they're helicopters, right? The air carrier. Um, they're helicopters, more or less. The cord carriers? Because they have the, uh, they got like a big ass uh, thing on one of the, helicopters but they ready it and that thing just unfolds itself <laughs> i think yeah i'm gonna call it they're cord cutters they're uh victoria cord cutters um well chopper 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 style chopper anyway um but but what do you oh let, let's talk a little bit about that um that was basically like the great power great responsibility speech right like i'm not mm -hmm. saying that like to be funny i this is the first time i've ever heard someone say like our family it's expected for rough things to happen in our life and our family gets through them by sticking together that's rarely ever said you know that's, that's rarely ever uh put out plainly there but it's it's the idea mm -hmm. that he says something along the lines of like my, like your father worked anywhere that he could you know bus boy parking attendant whatever to keep the family together um not because he want he wanted to or always wanted to but because it was the right thing and i think that's the idea of great power comes great responsibility uh with jaime is like um a lot of times this job is going to be doing things you don't necessarily want to do but you got to do them because they're right you might be scared it might be a lot of hard work but you're you gotta do them because that's what this family does you know we are we're accountable and we um we do the right thing we are, we have integrity so i i did like that speech that uh you gave him there um and i like the stakes of realizing that this cord cutter <laughs> uh helicopter cord copter is in route to his family's house Right, like, oh damn! <laughs> like yeah, now the race I'm is here. on. The race is on because they're going over there, and how the hell are we gonna get there? Um, so I really, really dug that. Jaime is able to activate his suit by jumping off a building, and does his best to fly home as soon as possible. Also, little 
reminiscent, right? Go web, Shazam, jump off a building, see what happens. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, I mean, Peter tried to shoot the webs. At least Hyman didn't try to like <laughs> do something great. I but then again, he did say he he did say that Scarab was going to protect him. So anything else, he just didn't fall inside while he suited up. <laughs> I feel like um, but that was a good version of this is uh, the Shazam transformation. The jumping off the building, but that was good though. But that, but it was the but you knew you knew that was gonna happen. You knew, not that you knew it was gonna happen, but you knew if he said Shazam, he transformed. Yeah, you know what it, it was. Wasn't so it's much Moon Knight. The, it That's what it was. The Moon Knight of it all. Isn't that exactly what happens with Mister Knight? He jumps off the bit right because he can't get the suit to activate. I can't get the suit. Put on the suit. I don't know how to put on the suit. I can't put on the suit. And then the, I can't remember if he gets pushed out of a window or he falls out of the window. But when he lands, suit. Because it won't let him kill it. It won't let him die. Makes sense. Um, Rudy, 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 Rudy. They, the goons surround the Reyes home and break in, hold the family at gunpoint, and trash the place. I don't mean to be problematic. And this is not even a criticism. I felt like this was shot to kind of invoke ice raids. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. And just like the the brunt force, the confusion, 100%. the 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 violence 100%. and aggression, um, the the way that everybody comes out of their houses, right, to look at the what's going on, <laughs> uh, all that. I'm and I guess I guess Victoria owns the city, but like these, her goons are going through with no repercussions like they are the cops kind of right that's not what they get paid for damn it where's the police at and why won't they come to the edge keys <laughs> now i get it I was, I was in east new york i get i get i get yeah yeah we'll be there in two hours we're on our way we'll get there um they knock over a candle which begins to burn the house down on on even under threat the family does not give up jaime's location and luckily Bro, he shows they, um, they came right to up. the house they grabbed everybody and for no ass reasons just started knocking shit over did you peep that's, that? that's why i put it in that order i put they break in they hold the family at gunpoint and then trash the place. It's not that they break in, trash the place, looking for the family, and uh-huh. then put them they at already got point. the family. They already had the it. Out. <laughs> they just start trashing st- stuff. It's, it's like I said. It's just like I. I always said that that's a, that's the um, perfect trait of a perfect villain. Just doing too much, because then automatically <laughs> gets a boo. Right? Oh, come on. Like I get who you were there to apprehend them. You didn't have to start knocking shit over. Doing too much. Um. Yeah, Jaime shows right up using the alien tech to take down Cord's men, although with non-lethal means. You know, he's using a lot of like sound cannons and waves and stuff to knock people out. He's having a blast though. Doing very, very well. In the chaos, Jaime's father suffers a heart attack and dies. This distraction allows Carapax uh, to restrain and haul Jaime and the suit away while the family mourns in front of their burning home. Rudy and Jenny arrive, but it's too late. They have Jaime and the Scarab. Deep stuff, bro. Deep stuff, bruv. What'd you think about this scene? So. Wait. Whoa. You said. 
what do you think about the whole like heart attack? Bro, that uh, was so not so. All right, so not only do do we get everybody out the house and on the way out knocking shit over, we stressed that out so much he busted into cardiac arrest. Nah, it's also <laughs> it's also crazy because I nah. when I first saw it, I thought he got hit. I thought he, you know. When I uh, first saw out. it, there was a lot going on. I thought he got hit. Um, and they it and I also like that it's not a random heart attack. They they allude to it earlier in the film. Yeah, yeah. They are like You know, hey, it's not it's not like he randomly like, oh my god. Hey, this happened much. before. We're gonna drop this here for later, you know? Yeah. And then also, not to be that guy, if we're going with the woke family stuff, uh, people of lower income eat less healthily, sleep less make less money for their overall health right right therefore they do not go to the doctor i can't i living my life experience i gotta believe that some of those factors affected his family and affected his father mm-hmm. right um if you're if you're a bus boy i don't think you're getting health insurance if you're an illegal immigrant stuff like that so um the hood gets hit hard, but it also gets hit in different ways. There's there's also so many different. Like, yeah. Someone said it the other day, like being poor is the most expensive thing in the world, because <laughs> you got to pay double when you're poor, right? Uh, so, um, it's just it's just sad all around. And then watching their family home, which was the one thing he wanted to save, uh, when he came home, uh, go up in flames. It really makes you wonder because at one point. He tells Rudy, like, there is no good news. Like, there's no good news. Like, stop trying to find a silver lining. And it can feel that way sometimes, you know? When everything that you work for, when the direction that you're going in seems to, like, everything's pushing you back in the opposite direction, it could be incredibly frustrating. Um, and I like how they kind of hinted towards that whole experience and that whole struggle in this. Um, then the next morning, Grandma Reyes gives an impassioned speech about needing to be brave enough to fight and how now is not the time to cry. First of all, uh, Jenny says she, she knows. Go ahead. Go ahead. Finish, 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 finish. First of all, <laughs> no, nah, it's just one more sentence. Jenny, Jenny says she knows where they took him and they head back to Ted's underground lair and arm themselves with his tech before using his bug ship to go to Jaime's location. First of all, grab and mom's becoming the, um, the main characters for the little time that they had. Yeah. Love it. Love the speech. Speech was very good. Speech was very good. Um, and little, little, little bit of encanto in the sense that, like, I think one of the things that you're led to believe, you got told by Rudy and shown by Grandma that your ancestors have done some pretty amazing things to get you to where you're at today. We don't know what grandma was up there doing. You know, we don't know why grandma has the knowledge she has of certain things that we'll get into in a bit. But whatever she did in those days was able to create a better launching point for her family, which then was taken advantage of by the next generation, who then bust their ass even more to the point that they get to um, create an offspring that is able to go to college and graduate, you know? And sometimes when you've had the road paved for you and something happens, you you can bug out. But when you're the road paver, 
you know never to freak You're out. Making that road. Yeah. yeah, you know, you know never to bug out. You know never to stress because mm-hmm. that job never stops. Right? And if you broke down and you, you know, did not choose which energy you're going to listen or respond to, because the energy they need right now is the energy to go whoop some ass. They don't need energy to be sitting there crying about the father. Because Jaime could die in 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 that time that they're doing that. So I really like that she's like, I'm not saying we can't cry. I'm just saying it's not now. You know, not let's now. go and let's go and let's go do this because now is the time to fight. I was like, girl, what are we doing? Oh, I'm down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, grandma likes the minigun. Uh, so I think we should say that as well. I love that they take his big bug ship. I love that they take Ted's bug ship. Um, I always thought that the Blue Beetle's little ship was ridiculous. The same way that Moon Knight's big ass crescent moon ship is ridiculous. Thanos uh, copper, copper, the copper. Thanos copper, the Thanos copper, the cord copper, uh, chopper, all that stuff. I think is uh, it's pretty ridiculous. But when I see it in live action, it's even cooler. Um, but <laughs> though, if, if that thing looks familiar, if that bug ship looks familiar, but you're not a big blue beetle fan, you might be getting night owl, uh, sort of vibes. Um, mm-hmm. but if, for those who don't know, night owl from Watchmen is a parody of Ted Cord's blue beetle. Um, when Alan Moore wrote Watchmen, he wanted to use DC characters. And they said, if we let you use DC characters and do what you're doing with them here, no one, we can't use them again. <laughs> yeah, like, if Superman like you... becomes an all-seeing God and walks away from the humanity <laughs> and goes lives on Mars, right? No one's gonna, no one's gonna be, like, be about that. If Batman, if Batman, your cosmic yeah, knowledge, my cosmic knowledge, bro. So what they ended up doing was they said, you can't use the DC comic characters, but you can use as many of the Charlton comic characters as you want because we just bought them from somebody else. And he's like, oh, you know what? Fine. I won't use the Charlton comic characters, but I will make my own versions of them. So the Ted Cord Blue Beetle becomes um, Night Owl uh, Peacemaker. The character of Peacemaker is that's a Charlton Comics character. Um, and the parody of Peacemaker in Watchmen is the comedian. So it's all it's all there, uh, and I like that they uh, paid homage to. Well, I mean, not homage; they're the OGs, so they're kind of paying respect to themselves <laughs> in this. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I always thought that was uh, super interesting when it came to those characters. Um, Jaime is taken to an island fortress in Cuba where he is strapped to a machine that downloads information from Kajida to the thousands of OMAX ready to be up and operational. I am. Yep. I got that too. Um, uh, while unconscious, Jaime sees a vision from his father who encourages him, encourages him to embrace his destiny as the new blue beetle. Jaime awakens and, Oh no, no, no. Sorry. Uh, his father encourages him to embrace his destiny as a new blue beetle, saying it was his destiny to meet him here at this point in his life to remind him of his purpose. Um, and then he wakes up. Meanwhile, uh, Carapac's Omax suit activates now that it has all the scarab information in it, and it kind of evolves into a more powerful into a more powerful uh, form. The so obviously, I get the. I get the Blue Beetle father thing. I think that's kind of sucky 
to find out your father is dead because you have a near death experience and then you see him on the other side. That's a lot. Yeah. That's pretty. That's yeah. pretty heavy. I said the same but, thing. I was like, "Oh man, that's right. He didn't even know. He wasn't even there. He had to dip." Yeah. But it, the the problem becomes that it's not even the only film this year for someone to have a near death experience, see their <laughs> dead loved one on the other side, Lord. have that dead loved one tell them it's not your time yet. You have to go back, and you have to go. Yeah, then I'm standing there, and I'm just like. All right, third act, third act, baby, third act. The family crash lands the bug, and the guards immediately open fire on them, but Rudy's able to figure out the ship's controls and activates its legs so it can, like, scur scurry and scuttle. Beetle around. Uh, and it walks around and neutralizes all the threats. It even, like, kind of farts some blue stuff on, on some of them. Shout out, shout out for that thing being bulletproof, because they were shooting the crap out of that thing. Yeah. And, and in true comic book movie form of, like, I'm shooting it, but it's not going down. Let's shoot it more. <laughs> Let's shoot it. And more straight. people shoot it. <laughs> more, more shooting has to work. Um. So, Cord's guards are no match for the array of weaponry and durability the bug ship has. Once everybody um is done and all the bad guys are down, the family splits up to look for Jaime. The girls plant bombs to destroy the legions of Omax knowing how dangerous they can be if they all got activated. Jaime awakens with new motivation and fully connects with the Scarab. Yeah. The, girls the girls detonate the bombs, and in the chaos, Jaime manages to break free. Cord's scientist betrays her for never remembering his name and allows That's Jaime sweet. to escape, but he gets killed you, for baby. it. I love that actor, though. He's from uh, What We Do in the Shadows. He plays Guillermo. Mm -hmm. uh, I want to say his name. So it is. I was gonna say, it was his. Uh, it says his whole character name. Come on. Well, I think it's Matt Long. Oh, Henry what? Harvey Harvey Gillian. Yeah, Harvey Gillian. Um, great and great comedic. And he says he has like a four, like one of those four or five last names. Names. Yeah, that's what I like, said. My like, name is Manuel yeah. Tesoro de, uh, Jaime is surrounded by guards in the tunnel, but they are turned into Swiss cheese by his grandma and her minigun. Jaime reunites with his family, but Milagros is still inside, and Victoria finds and apprehends Jenny so he can get back in to get them. I was mad at this part. I was like, he just got, he just got free. Cause, and on, honestly, something happens in Guardians like that. Remember? Mm -hmm. Peter mm -hmm. goes to meet the High Evolutionary and manages to break free and go back, but when Drax and Mantis go to save him, they get stuck on the ship. So even on though Peter ship and they have free, to, he has to go back to now go they get them. He has to go back to go get them. And Jaime is in the same situation. He broke free. He's Gucci. Oh, damn. They got stuck trying to get me. So now I got to go. <laughs> now I got to go get him. Um, so... Before he leaves, his mother scolds Kajuda. <laughs> Uh, demanding that they get, get it, it together. together. I thought that was, I thought that was fire too, bro. That was a very mom speech of like yeah. meeting your girlfriend for the first time 100%, 100%. and overhearing one of you guys that argue. Was, I was with that. The, the the family is excellent when it comes to speeches. So I'm, I'm yes, you know what I'm saying. I like that. We need. Uh, that. She says, "Get it together." Yeah, promo. You better be good. 100. He says, uh, "Get it together and kick ass." 
Milagros is able to use Ted's tech to defend herself for a bit before her brother arrives and as their mother intended, kicks ass. It eventually comes down to Jaime and Carapax, but now that he is fully merged with the Scarab, he's able to take down the merciless cyborg. Uh, although it gets rough for our hero, he manages to subdue the threat after a distraction from Uncle Rudy. But Carapax shoots at Rudy and there's a big explosion. Thinking Rudy is dead, Jaime demolishes his foe and nearly kills Carapax before Kajada reveals. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Before Kajada reveals to Jaime memories of Carapax's enslavement by Victoria for the OMAC experiments, including Carapax's mother's death at Victoria's hands, leading Jaime oh, to spare him. They were connected. Very Taskmaster. <laughs> I got Taskmaster feelings. Yeah, but right he's, here. Talk, he's talking. Homegirl is. Like, a but it wasn't her fault. Not, it wasn't her you know fault. She got experimented on. She was used and abused, and we shouldn't hate her because of the fact that she was a paid soldier, or you know, like a like a. But she a, was a, with it. I don't care what nobody said. He was. So with was it. he. I did. Oh, so you so ain't got no sympathy? No, I, I did. I didn't know we were talking about this. Do you not have any sympathy for Carapax at this moment? Do you think he should die for killing pops? Did he kill pop. Listen. It was a heart attack. <laughs> um, nah, nah, he got his, he got his butt whipped. I think you know if you're gonna come out the other side, reformed, so to speak, you should at least you know gotten your licks. <laughs> yeah, that's what I said. Boy, did he cut off a leg? Bring it, take it home with you. <laughs> make him not do it. Make him not do it no more. You know, what that's mean? all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. But. <laughs> I did think that the backstory was a bit jacked up. It was a bit screwed up. Um, I also think that this happens. I also think that there's child soldiers ripped out of South America, ripped out of the Caribbeans, um, kind of set in on a path of destruction and anger and um, violence. And it's hard to break that, if that's all you know. Um, and the idea that Carapax this entire time had been carrying a, a locket that was a picture of him and his mom. And then he drops it at one point and Victoria puts it in his pocket. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. You know, and he kind of let shows you that relationship that they have there where she does treat him like a dog, like bad dog on occasion when he doesn't get the job done, etc. cetera. Um, so Carapac rebels against Victoria and sets his Omax suit to explode <laughs> and grabs her and drags her into Bruh. the fire. Uh, he grabs and drags her onto the fire. He destroys the island as well as himself, taking the terrorists out with him as vengeance for his mama. As the Reyes family escapes from the island, they take time to mourn Alberto. And now we can cry. I thought that was, I thought that was, oh man, that was sad too, bro. Yeah. That was yeah. heavy. Well done though. Well done. I wasn't, ex I wasn't expecting that, you know, I was, um, well, I wasn't expecting her to say that anyway, but that was very, you know, not elderly, but very like, you know, Grand, you know. Okay, I, 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 I said the wrong word for the girl, for Jennifer. She's okay. not too pretty. She is very pretty. She's not right. too pretty. She's too cool. She's too cool. She's too she, cool, bro. Pop ran the company, owned the company. He's gone. We don't even know where he's, he's at. Gone, but she's she's been around. She's basically rich. You do just think, bro. She pulls up to the she pulls up to the crib. <laughs> you know, CEO. Of Court Industries pulls up to the crib in a motorcycle and a leather jacket. Yeah. What we got money. Out here? <laughs> da, da, da. I, 
And if it would have been vice versa, if Kamala would have hooked up with some CEO at, I don't know, Hammer Tech, and he shows up in a leather jacket, glasses, like, you know, like, I'm like, what are you, what are you, what are you doing, woman? What's going on here? It just felt weird. It felt very strange. Makes Hammer seem older than him. Makes her seem older than him? Isn't she yeah. older than him? That's what my, uh, why, why would she be? I don't why? know, but that's what I understand. I, there's no, I don't know if there's any proof. I feel like she's older than him. Only because she's a CEO. Yeah, but she's, she's like, oh, just, what about college? <laughs> he he just coming out of college. I think she didn't have to him. go to school. It was her father's. It was her father's that's, business. That's true. That's true. But I still feel like she's older than him. Maybe, definitely cooler than him. <laughs> <laughs> because Jenny's the new CEO of Court Industries, and she promises to repair the damage caused to the Reyes family, helping them rebuild their home. As the neighbors gather around the remains of the Reyes' family's home and provide support, Jaime shares a kiss with Jenny and then offers to fly her to court to the court estate. Mm. I also like that Jenny hinted that they might possibly put Rudy on the team. <laughs> right? That right. He might, he yeah, might get, like, he might get put on the team. He should. Um, in a mid-credit scene, a distorted recording from Ted from Ted is broadcast in his library attempting to inform Jenny that he is alive. This is a bit hinted at because there's a mannequin with no suit on it. So we're led to believe that Ted's not only missing, we know now that he's alive, but we believe he was out on Blue Beetle business. Mm -hmm. um, the recent rumor, he might be in a bit of a, a bit of time trouble hanging out Ooh. with his good old friend, Booster Gold. Interesting. In a post credit scene, a clip from the stop-motion version of El Chapolin is shown, which Rudy used to distract the court estate guards. So like I said, there was, a, there was a lot of fun to have in this. I probably had more fun talking mm -hmm. to you about it than, <laughs> than, than I did in my first viewing experience. And again, a lot of good in this. If this is their first step, they're on the right yeah. path. They're on it's just one of those things. Sure. It's just like when one of your friends tells you they got a credit card at 35. Like, I'm ready to start building my credit. You're like, well, good for you. I'm, gl I'm glad you got, <laughs> I'm good for you. I'm glad you got there. But there's like a lot of, there, you got a lot of, <laughs> it's going to be some time here. It's going to be, you're going to have to take a lot of time. Um, but hopefully we didn't take up too much of your time in this episode of the major issues podcast. We try to put these episodes out every single Wednesday. Um, uh, but sometimes because of other situations, commitments or whatever, we haven't been able to, we've missed a handful, but we're still rocking to, uh, still rocking on the road hurt. to episode 300, bro. We, this is episode 294. So we're getting closer and closer to episode 300 and closer and closer to the seven year anniversary of the major issues podcast. Um, I want to thank our like seemingly, uh, real, um, YouTube following because when our podcast posts, it posts automatically on YouTube. Apparently people have been watching it, commenting on certain podcast episodes. And to be honest, I stopped. I stopped looking at my analytics on that side, but most recently I'm starting to like comments and stuff. So I see you guys out there. If you're only catching us on YouTube, best believe the best place to find all the episodes of the Major Issues Podcast is at comicbookclick.com. Comicbookclick.com is the one stop for everything Comic Book Click. Merchandise designed by me. We got a new Ninja Turtle shirt out right now that's already been uh, yeah. selling like hotcakes. Yeah. Um, articles written by us and also 
every single of the ma- episode of the Major Issues podcast. That's over 294 episodes. That's over 500 hours of content. Um, mm. So talking about everything from the latest and greatest things to come to comic books, comic book media. So go to comicbookclick.com for everything comic book click. If you like what we're doing and you want to support us, there's so many different ways you can. So let's start at the most expensive way you can. The most expensive way you can support us is by buying a piece of merchandise at our T Public store. If you go to comicbookclick.com and hit that shop CBC link, it'll take you straight to our T Public store with designs made exclusively by me, and we get a kickback of every single item purchased. We don't get the full amount of the item, but we get we get pennies on the dollar and that does help keep the lights on here and afford all the hardware and software that we need to keep providing content free of charge for you guys. If you guys don't want to buy any merch, consider going to patreon.com slash CBC Clubhouse and for as little as ten cents a day, three dollars a month, guys. Three dollars a month. You you drop that in your couch, you know, with with change. So for less than three dollars a month, or for three dollars a month, less than a, a cup of big ass coffee. Uh, you can help support us here and it goes a long way. You could also, well, let's say you don't have any money. You can't give us money on Patreon. You can't buy any merchandise. Tell a friend to tell a friend about the podcast. Rate and review us on iTunes. If we get five stars, we get recommended to other people looking for our kind of content. And I am of the belief that our audience is still out there. Even though we have a sizable audience now, I, I'm of the belief that there are still lost members of the click out there that need to find us. So help them find us. You found us. Now connect to them. Bring them over. Because I've been to the future and the bandwagon does get full. So you want to get on there before we get there. And the, the quickest way to make this a two-way conversation, because I know I have a soothing voice. And I know sometimes you just want to sit there and listen to me talk. But I want to hear you too. So go out and reach out to us on Facebook.com slash comic book click, Instagram on, at comic book click, or use the hashtag comic book click to talk about the newest hot slays and greatest things to come to comic book, comic book media. We're also at Major Issue CBC on Twitter and at Major Issue CBC on Twitch. Um, our social media numbers are kind of crazy. I, I did not think we would be getting there because for a very long time, it was very hard to reach out to the, the masses. And I feel like this year alone, we, we've hit our stride. We are, if, if my numbers are correct, we ended last year at around 9,000, a high 9,000s. Um, right now in August, we're at roughly 16,000. Um, we're, we're on the course to get roughly a thousand followers every month. Um, my hope is that we double last year's numbers by the end of this year. So we would just have to get 18. Uh, we're at 16. So I think that's very doable. Let's get even past that. Make, make, make me feel like my standards are low. You know what I'm saying? Let's blow past yeah. that. Tell, tell the, the people, tell, tell the world. Tell the world, man. Get the word out there. Uh, maybe not this episode if they're a big Blue Beetle movie fan. But go, go out there. We've covered everything under the sun. If there's a comic book film that has come out in theater since 2017, we've covered it, man. We've covered it right here as part of the Major Issues Podcast. So make sure that you check that out uh, when you get a chance. Uh, I'm trying to think. I did all my plugs. I did Ooh. all my Patreon, whatever. I don't know what we're covering next week. I think it might be the Adam Eve um, Invincible origin story. Talking about origin stories. <laughs> Let's see. Um, and we might even do a live watch of Invincible Season 2. 
I'm considering it. Ooh. Twitch has a partnership with Amazon Prime and allows for watch parties through Twitch. If I can experience these episodes with you and then once the season wraps up, do a uh, an episode recapping the entire season, I think that would be really, really cool and a fun way to interact with this fan base. And you guys are the very best. Thank you guys for allowing us to do this because not for nothing, we would have done this anyway. But it gives us yeah. a little bit more pep in our step to know that there's people out there that are digging what we're doing here. For sure. But my name is George Serrano, aka the Don. I am the Cloudus Maximus. And this has been your Blue Beetle recap and review. And remember, whether it's one fish, two fish, red fish, blue fish, it's definitely Blue Beetle. Remember, family is everything. It's all about familia. It's all about me. Gente, viva la raza. An but animo. Also, animo. But also remember that if you're part of this family, that means you're part of the clique, which always means that you, yes, you are worthy. 